Now, I want to tell you just really two things today. The first is, and listen to this, and, and I don't know if you believe this or not, but the first is, is that God wants to bless you. Do you I don't know if you know that. Now, you may have heard that. That may compute in your head. It may not compute in your head. You may have heard that and you think it, it means this or it means that. But I just want you to hear me say that today is that God wants to bless you. One more thing. God wants to bless you, but also here's the other thing. God wants to multiply everything that he's given you. Now hear that, all right? And this is important. And this is not like I give to get kind of sermon, all right? That doesn't have anything to do with what I'm going to talk about today. But do you believe this? And this is the idea. Do you believe that God is a generous God? Okay, if you believe that God is generous, you have to believe that on some level, he wants to bless his kids, right? Like he wants to bless his kids. Now, we take that idea of blessing and we do all kinds of things with it, right? But, but, but at the heart of who God is, he is a generous God. And he deeply desires to bless us in all kinds of ways. Not just financial, but, but in all kinds of ways. So he is deeply committed to blessing his kids. Now that doesn't mean you get what you want all the time. Right? Like, you know what I mean. Like, kids ask, like, Dad, can I have a bag of candy for dinner? Sure. <laughs> if mom's not home, we're good. But, 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 but we, so we know that God has limits to that because he cares for us. He doesn't want us just eating candy all the time. So, so, but it's important that we understand at the very core of who God is of who he is at his very nature is that he is a generous God that desires to bless his people. That's the first idea I want you to get. But there's this second idea that I hope you grab hold of today that may be a little newer for you. And that is not only does God want to bless you, but he wants to see the things he gives you or blesses you with multiply. Not just addition, but multiplication. And so what I want to talk to you today about is the fact that God is in the business of blessing his people and also taking what we have and multiplying it if we will allow that to happen in our lives. You can be saved and blessed and not experience multiplication in your life. Get this. So you can go to heaven, know God loves you, even know that you're blessed, but not experience the multiplication power of God if you don't receive today what I'm trying to give you. And my heart for everybody in here as your pastor is that you would be blessed and that you would see the things that God has given you multiply. Why? So that you can build bigger barns so that you can drive nicer cars? I could give a flip about the car you drive. What I care about is whether or not you have the resources to add to the kingdom of God at the level that God wants you to add. That's what's most important. I mean, it's, it's so important. 
And so if, you, if you're like, I got to go to the Golden Corral, I'm done. That's all I can take for today. I want you to know that God wants to bless you. And I also want you to know that God wants to multiply everything that he's given you. The problem is you don't know how yet, so don't leave. <laughs> see, God is committed to multiplying things. You see it with the, the, the poor widow and her son. When it comes to the oil and God says, hey, what do you have? And she's like, well, I've got a little oil and, uh, and I've got a, a little of this. And, and God says, well, let me, let me show you what I can do with that. We see that in the Old Testament when God multiplies an outnumbered, an outnumbered often Israelite soldier group. They often were outnumbered. And God did stuff. He didn't even add necessarily to their numbers. He just did something in the spiritual that took care of their problem. He was able to multiply things in, in battles that didn't make sense. And then Jesus, he's been teaching all day to a large crowd of people. And this is the story I want us to share, just, just, just for a little bit. Is that Jesus has been teaching to this large crowd of people. And they were listening to the master. They were listening to what Jesus had to say and we pick up the story in Luke chapter 9. Listen to this. Luke chapter 9, verse 12. The Bible says, Late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples came to him and said, Listen to what they said. Send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so that they can find food and lodging for the night. Doesn't that seem practical? Right? I mean, it seems very practical. And then listen to what Jesus says. After they said, there's nothing to eat here. This is a remote area. Everybody say remote. remote. Have you ever been in a remote area? Okay. If you're in a remote area, there's no resources typically that are just readily available. So the disciples are very smart. They're thinking, you know what? We've got to do something about this large group of people. Because if we don't, we're going to be in a pickle. At some point, they're going to get hungry. Yes? Yeah. And then in verse 13, listen. But Jesus said, you feed them. Now, I don't know if, 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 if Jesus said that to you. You might be thinking, Jesus, do you not see that we said it was remote? Do you not understand where we are? Do you not under... I know you're the son of God, but don't you get where we are? And he says to them, you feed them. And they say, of course, right? Here comes the excuse. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. You do the math. They've got a lot of people here. Five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered, what do you expect us to do? It goes on, it says, they say, or are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd? Verse 14, for there were about 5,000 men there. Now, again, the Bible's just specifying men, so we assume that there were women and children as well. That's a lot of people. I don't know if you know this, but the Fox Theater here in St. Louis holds about 4,500 people. So if you've ever been to the Fox and you were looking around, you'd be like, okay, that's about 4,500 people. 
That's a lot of people that are sitting listening to Jesus. It was a remote place. The disciples had no idea what to do about it. And Jesus comes up with this cockamamie idea that they were supposed to feed them. And I suspect they were like, I don't know what to do. And Jesus replied to them, tell them to sit down in groups of 50 each. So the people sat down. Then watch this. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fishes, or the two fish. <laughs> he looked up to heaven, and you know what he did? What did he do? He blessed them. Right? He blessed it. Everybody say blessed it. So he blessed the fish and the loaves of bread. And then it says, then breaking this bread, these loaves into pieces... He kept giving the bread and the fish to the disciples so that they could do what? Distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Now, this is a significant story for us to see. It tells us something about God. It tells us something about his son. It tells us something about the very heart of who God is and that we've got to get our brain around this. And, that is, and this is the first principle I want you to see today. And that is that something must be blessed before it can multiply. Get this. If you notice with Jesus, he blessed it. Then it was distributed. And as it was distributed, it multiplied. Do you see that? And so there's an order of things in God's kingdom that we have to recognize. Isn't it true that we like to do things our way? Come on. I know you. We do. We like to do things our way. Matter of fact, we like to do things in our order. I want it done this way and this way and then this way and then this way. I'm kind of that way. I like things to run the way I want them to run. Don't you think it's fair... That the God of the universe, the creator of all things, has the prerogative to set things up the way he wants to set them up. And here's the point. He blessed it, then it was distributed, then it multiplied. Get this. Something must be blessed before it can multiply. See, the miracle didn't happen in the master's hand. The miracle happened in the disciples' hands. That's where the miracle happened. Jesus blessed it. Then the miracle was released into the people when they decided to distribute what God had given them. That's where the multiplication happened. See, this food had been blessed. Jesus is, is, is helping them see what the possibility is. Imagine if the disciples, imagine this, if the disciples would have done this. Jesus blesses the bread and he gives it to them and he gives them the fish and the disciples sit down and they just start to eat it themselves. You know what I mean? They just sat around the fire having a good time, eating some trout, <laughs> some unleavened bread, just reclining by the fire. Man, this is really good. Oh, I'm so full. I'm so full of fish and bread. I'm just so bloated on fish and bread. But, but they didn't. Because the master told them to do something. And as they did it, they got to see a miracle. Multiplication happened when they gave it away. 
so important that we notice that. It was after the blessing of the fish and the bread, Jesus tells his disciples to distribute the food to the people. And here's the second principle I want you to see. And that is that only what is given can multiply. Only what is given away can multiply. Get these guys. This is important. The order matters. God wants to bless things first. Then he wants it to be given, which leads to multiplication. And this is so important that we get this. Now, I want to read a passage of scripture that most people get a little uncomfortable with, but it's in the Bible, I promise. This is in Malachi. You've probably heard me preach this. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 through 11. Listen to these words. Will a man rob God? Well, that's a good way to start. And then he says, yet you've robbed me. See, the prophet is saying to Israel, you've robbed God. Wait a second, what do you mean? How have we robbed God? He goes on, he says, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? And he says, in the tithes and offerings. See, and then it gets worse. He says, you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. He's like, not just a few of you. The whole group has been robbing me. And I notice right now, like I can see in the crowd right now, as I say that, some of you are like, man, I hate this sermon. I want to leave. I wish I'd have come to a church that was going to tell me how great I am. I get it. But isn't it important that we know the whole counsel of God? I mean, it just is. And I want you so much as your pastor, I want you to be blessed. But some of us are on a path that's not going to lead to that. And then what's going to happen is later on, you're going to get mad at God because he's not coming through like he should. And God's going to say, hold the phone, Cletus. I told you what to do. Now do it and you will see that I'm true to my word. But if you don't do it, I'm not going to show up that way in your life. That's why I want you to get this. He goes on to say this in verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then this, this is, this is the only place in scripture that God says this. And you've heard me preach this over the years. He says, now try me in this. Or the, in some translations, it says, test me in this. It's the only place in the Bible that God says, test me in this. It's, it's amazing that he even uses those words, the prophet. Say to the Lord of hosts, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing. So when we start to do it God's way, the Bible says that God will pour out a blessing whether you like it or not or whether you even want it or not. Get this. God will pour out a blessing on your life. And look at this, that there will not be room enough to receive it. In other words, it's overflowing. Imagine this cup, water being pulled, poured into the cup, and the cup is now overflowing with water. That's, that's the image that I want you to see. So there'll be a, more than enough. Everybody say more than enough. More than see what I'm getting at? Yeah. You don't, a scarcity mindset has no place in the kingdom of God. Come on. A poverty mindset has no place in the kingdom of God. 
Because, see, we serve a God who is abundant. He has more than enough. And as children of God, we should expect that our God, who is generous, wants to do all the things that he said he's going to do. I'm not lying to you today. I'm trying to get you to see how important it is that we grab hold of this principle. That See, look, he says there will not be enough room to receive it. And this is the best part, I think, of the promise. Because it's like, okay, I'm getting all these blessings. But then watch this. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that it will not destroy your fruit on the ground. Nor shall the vines fail to bear fruit for your field. Do you see what the Bible is saying? Not only will you be blessed, not only if you give it away will you start to see multiplication, but God will protect you and your resources from the devourer. Get this. And I don't know if you believe this. I'm just telling you it's true. I'm telling you it's true. I've seen it in my life and I could parade people up on the stage to tell you it was true. God will protect you from the devourer. So here's the thing I want you to see. Everybody still with me? The tithe is really not giving. You're like, wait, Pastor, didn't you just... No, the tithe is really just returning. Get this. Because see, what you're doing is God has blessed you, right? God has blessed you with everything. 100% of what you have comes from God. God says to you, give me 10. God says, give me 10% of that. And what we do is we take his 10. Come on. Because all the blessings come from God. I know some of you are like, I worked really hard for that 10. I worked really hard for this 100. Well, that's fine, and I know you believe that. But what if you couldn't work? What if you didn't have a job? What if God didn't bless the things of your hands? I just know that your life is better off with God than without God. And so when he says, give me 10 of the 100 I already gave you, what's really happening is we're not necessarily giving. What we're doing is we're returning back to God what already belongs to him. Get it? Get that? That's important. Now, I'm not reducing the fact that a 10% for some of us is a really important step and also could take a lot of faith to honor God with. Okay, I'm not saying that's not true. I am saying, though, that we have to understand that the 10th is a start. It's the floor. It's not the ceiling. Because again, God is a generous God and he wants his people to be generous. How is it that we would somehow just simply mark generosity at 10%? No. Generosity is extravagant. Generosity is overflowing. It's abundant. And so when we get in the mindset that the 10 is, that's where I end, we lose sight of what God's possibilities are. See, God can do so much more than we can think or imagine. And sometimes we just reduce it down to the 10. But I'm telling you people, there's more. There's more. And now here's the point. Multiplication power is released when we give offerings over and above the tithe, not just return the tithe to God. Did you guys get that? So it was over and above. It's not just... I give my tithe, I'm done, I'm good, God loves me, it's over. No, 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 it's, it's, there's more to it than that. Because it's not about the numbers necessarily, it's about your heart. It's about your motivation. Like, do you, let me ask you a question, and, and this may make you uncomfortable, but let me ask you this. Do you believe everything you have is a gift from God? I know, some of you say yeah. But I, I mean, re- really, in your quiet place, 
and your most honest place, do you really believe that everything you have is a gift from God? That's a good question for us to answer. But I can tell you this, if you can answer that question in the affirmative, then what I'm saying to you is easy. Do you see my point? I feel like you guys have gotten really quiet. <laughs> I get it. But this is the, the things we've got to see in the scripture. I so want our church to be blessed. Yeah. I want our people to be blessed. I want our city to be blessed. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to do it God's way. We have to do it God's way. And so like even when we talk about this legacy offering, this legacy offering is intended to be over and above the tithe. It's intended to be over and above. Not just, I don't want you taking your tithe and giving it to legacy. See, the tithe is for the house. It's important you get this. The tithe is for the house. The legacy offering is for something else. The legacy offering is for the multiplication effect in the kingdom of God. And so I just want you to understand that. Now, don't take my word for it. The Bible just is very clear about this. But if you have time, go to Matthew 25. Today, this week, go to Matthew 25 and read this. Uh, but Jesus tells this story about these guys, and you've probably heard this. But G in this story, he tells these parables, or this parable about this guy that gets five, right? And then another guy that gets two, and then another guy that gets one. And if you know how the story goes, the one that got five doubled that to ten and then gives it back to the master, okay? The one that got two doubles that gives it back to the master at four. Now the other one who got one, somewhere in his head started to believe that the master was a shrewd businessman and as a result buried it. And so when the master came back, he only gave him the one. Now, what am I getting at? If we don't use the blessing that God has given us, we won't see the double. We won't see the multiplication. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important we get this. What, what we'll see is the one who gives the one back to the master. Now, here's the problem with being that guy. Is that in this particular story, this is what the Bible says. Listen to this. In Matthew 25, 25. It says, the, 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 the man says to the master, I was afraid I would lose your money. Say the word Afraid. See what I'm getting at? I was afraid. I didn't believe that God would do what he said he would do. I didn't trust that God could come through for me. That's hard, isn't it? But at the very core, a lot of times, of our inability to give to God or give to the things of God, it's a lack of trust. In a God that's more than able. And so he says, I was afraid I'd lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. And so he returned it back to him. Now listen, I'm not saying that if you tithe, you're somehow a wicked servant. Because see, that's, the Bible is not saying that. But I do think it's important that we notice in terms of the principle that if we don't do anything with what God gave to us, we won't see the return that God wants to give us. Do you see what I'm getting at? And so you can be saved. You can even be blessed in many ways. 
but you're not necessarily going to see the results that God wants to bring into your life if you don't do it his way. And my heart is that you would. It's so important you see this. Let me, let me explain it this way. So if I was going to the gym and I was going to work out, and I was going to work out with 10 pounds, okay, which for some of you, that's a lot. For me, it's nothing. I don't appreciate all the laughter. <laughs> but can you imagine if I committed myself to list, lifting 10 pounds every day of my life, sets, you know, reps, the whole thing. <laughs> and I just keep doing it, 10 pounds, 10 pounds. Over, maybe I do it for 10 years. I'm just 10 pounds, man. Eventually, I'm going to be lifting 10 pounds really good, Right? I mean, I'm going to be throwing them things up like a champ. But what's not going to happen is my muscles aren't going to get bigger. Now, I might get more defined. I might get more cut, you know, like I'm just, you see it. I'm like chiseled, like, <laughs> like, the, like the statue of David, right? Just chiseled. But I'm not going to get bigger. How do I get bigger? I add more weight. See, you can do 10 all your life and get real chiseled. And by the time you get to heaven, you're going to look real cut. But your muscles aren't going to be any bigger. See, but it takes a belief that if you add the weight, it's going to lead to a certain result. Now, the reason you know it'll lead to a certain result is because you've seen it. And the trainer says, hey, that's true. I've seen it. And you're like, okay, then I believe you. Well, then believe me. Believe me. I've been walking with God a really long time. Believe me that when I tell you that if you will do it this way, that God will begin to not only bless you, but you will see multiplication power released into your life. You will. I promise you. See, God wants to bless your finances. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your business. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your friendships. He wants to bless it all because that's who he is. And I'm telling you, the moment you get this revelation and you start to give away what he's given you, you will see a multiplication power released into your life that wasn't there before. I'm telling you it's true. And so here's the the last few points and I'm done. Number one is that we give to the Lord first so that our finances would be blessed. So when I talk about the tithe, that is the first fruit of your offering. If you're not tithing, I'm encouraging you to take a step towards tithing so that your money will be blessed. Let me ask you this question. Do you believe that it's better to have God's blessing on your money or not? The only way you get God's blessing on your money is that you tithe 10%. Pastor, are you saying there's only... I'm telling you what the scripture says. You can argue with me till you're blue in the face. I'm just simply telling you that's what the Bible says. Now you may say, Pastor, I can't do that. I can't get to 10. I'm struggling. I'm in debt. And most Americans are. Let me say this to you. There is steps you can take. And we want to help you take those steps. You've got to get free from the bondage of overspending. You've got to get free from the bondage of putting things on credit cards. Most Americans are spending more than they make. Get me? And so 
part of the reason we can't do what God has told us to do is we're in bondage and in debt to things that God never wanted us to be in bondage to. So our church is designed to help you. If you're in a place where you can't get there, we want to help you get there. It may take a couple years, but we will work with you to help you get this because we believe so strongly in this principle. So take that step and watch God bless your finances. And then here's the last part is we give over and above our tithe because only that which is given can be multiplied. Only that which is given can be multiplied. And that's what God wants us to see today. I'll end with this story. You've probably heard it. But in Luke chapter 21, Jesus tells this story of a woman who's in the temple. And this is the story. Listen, starting in verse 1 of chapter 21. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Some of these people would walk around and almost like hang it up real high, you know. And then drop it so everybody would hear the sound. Clang, 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 clang. Listen to all the things I'm giving. (laughs) Then in verse 2 he says, Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. Clink, clink. That's it. Just two small coins. And then this is what Jesus says. He says, I tell you the truth, Jesus said, This poor widow who has given more This poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. Now, why would he say that? Watch this. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she is poor. And look, and look, she has given everything she has. Do you see? Why was Jesus impressed with her? Because of her faith. He was impressed with her because of her faith, because of her trust in God. He wasn't impressed by someone giving from their surplus. Let me explain to you what surplus is. You you probably don't know this word, but, but listen, here's the definition of surplus. An amount of something left over, an amount of something left over when requirements have been met. Does it take faith to give from the thing that was left over when the requirements have been met? The answer is no. It doesn't take faith at all. Because you're giving from a place of having everything met. You're not giving from a place of faith. And that's what God loves people who live by faith. Because it shows something about who they are. It shows that they trust him. And here's the, this is the most beautiful part of this woman. Is that she is such an example for us. All down through history she's been lifted up as this amazing example. And you know why it is? Because money no longer had power over her. She was free. Money had no longer, had no power over this woman. She was free. And God wants us to be free. And if we will do it his way, we will see this come to pass. And so I just want to give you two things as I end. The first is, if you're not tithing, start tithing. If you can't tithe, figure out how you can. And as a church, send us an email and we will get you in a class that will help you figure that out. And then finally, start giving over and above your tithe as God prompts you. And watch God start to multiply resources in your life. I believe this 100%. I submit it to you. And I ask that you would take it on 
and that you would begin to live this out in your life. Let's pray. God, I know that you are stirring in this church greater and greater faith. And Father, I just pray right now for all of us in the room that desire to see greater things happen in your kingdom. Father, I want to pray specifically for anybody in the room that desires to see multiplication power come into their life. Father, I pray right now for anybody that's deciding, that's thinking about giving away things over and above the ten. I ask God that you would give them greater faith, greater trust. And let me just say this to you. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, just do it. That's it. No pressure. No coercion. Just a simple, joyful desire to give whatever the Lord tells you to give. God, I pray freedom for anybody in the room that desires that in their life. Father, I pray against any kind of scarcity mindset in this church. I pray against a poverty mentality. I pray, God, that there would be an abundance released in this house. Not so that we can build bigger barns, but so that we can do greater things for your kingdom. Father, we desire that. I pray, God, that you would receive this offering that we're about to receive. I pray that that the legacy numbers would do exactly what you want them to do. As we put money away, as we put money away to someday, someday own our own home. God, we bless you. We ask your blessing on it. Father, I want to pray for those people in the room today that are really struggling to trust you with their ten. God, I ask for an impartation of faith. I ask for an impartation of greater trust. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you come and give assurance to anybody in this room that you are who you say you are and that you will do what you say you'll do. God, may faith be released in this place. May trust be released in this place. Some of us here today, if we were really honest, would have to say that not only do we struggle to put our faith and trust in God in our finances, but we might say that we've never put our faith and trust in him as our savior and as our Lord. And as your pastor, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel. If you're wondering what the gospel is, let me tell you what it is. Jesus Christ came into this world as a baby. The son of God, born as a man, grew into a man. And as he did, he went to a cross and he died a brutal death for you and for me. Three days later, he was resurrected, beating sin and beating death. And as a result, There was a bridge that was created back to God that you now can walk across. And the Bible says the way you do that is to have faith in that Jesus. And so what I want to do is just give you an opportunity to respond. If you would like, I'd love for you to pray this prayer with me. 
Nobody's praying alone. We'll all pray this prayer together. But if this is you, I just ask that you pray this prayer. There's nothing magical about this prayer. All that I ask you to do is mean it. Just simply mean it. And so let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I need a Savior. Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you save me? Will you be my Lord? I surrender my life to you. God, would you change me from the inside out? I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those that are making decisions today? Oh, it's so good.